Hello and welcome to another episode of the Zercast. It's been a while. It's been a good year since I've been off doing all this um, development stuff, you know, working out, um, graduating college, and starting a new job over here at Base by Pros as a strength and conditioning coach. Then I work over at Sports Physical Therapy as an exercise tech, which is like a personal trainer for people who have had injuries and disabilities. So today, I have a special guest, boss man, Brent Lilliebridge, professional ex, or no, former professional baseball player. How's your day going? It's good, man. I'm excited to talk and talk about myself. Oh, yeah. It's awesome to do. I'm kidding. But I'm excited to be here, man. I bet you're used to it because everybody's always wanting to know what's the secret, what's the sauce. What, is it, what does it take? So why don't you tell them a little bit about how you got started up. Um, you go all the way back to, you played base, baseball in high school, right? Did you play in youth years too? or? Oh yeah. Um, starts with you know playing in the backyard with dad and the neighbors to tennis ball games where we used to um, you know play tennis ball games, wrap whip ball bats, the plastic bats with a bunch of... Uh, with like tape and then we did like um we do like electrical tape to make a little bit more pop and just kind of transferred to that to you know the little leagues and then select programs and then all of a sudden it's college and professional baseball and major league baseball and and then you retire (laughs) so Mm. it's a bit you know lots of things but growing up playing loving sports loving baseball always always had a passion for baseball and uh and mixing in some basketball even though my height was not conducive to being awesome at that, but um, mm-hmm. but I loved I loved baseball from the very beginning. So you're a huge advocate of cross training, um, you know, across the board, doing different sports, getting um, a variety of skills developed early on. Um, how did that apply to your own um, development early on? You'd say. Yeah, so like I went down a rabbit hole the last like saying like we've always heard coaches or I've always been like hey multi sports is like really important for development and I I always believed it and if I look back at my life I don't want my life experience right what I did be like the thing that is the, you know this is what you're supposed to do but the more I researched and realized like my childhood and how I went about it um, God bless my parents for doing it was really set me up to be um, an elite athlete. Um, I've always been gifted with the, the, like the body and the movements and the, you know, the focus and all that stuff, but um, playing multi-sports uh, growing up was really a really crucial part of resting my body from baseball movements or basketball movements or soccer movements in these seasons where my body was doing different things. Um, and I think it just really did credit not only my, my physical literacy to grow but also honestly in my mind of understanding how different games work complexities decision making that the more i go down this rabbit hole of discovery is realizing mm-hmm. that these these things we do as experience when we're kids totally connects to our ability as adults or athletes being college athletes of like what separates us from everyone else right so it's common that you see like um, a lot of athletes specializing in one sport. Um, I think basketball is one of the ones where that the popular sports where athletes are like, I just got a hoop, I just got a hoop, I just got a hoop. You know, just play the basketball and get better at it. What are some of the drawbacks you've seen from people who over specialize in one sport and neglect everything else? 
honestly, when it really comes down to it, it's just the physical, the physical wear and tear um, of doing those repeat movements. And I think baseball out of all sports, I'd say baseball and football, two sports to get the biggest, the baddest rap for playing longevity. Football because of just obviously the wear and tear and, you know, injuries. Um, baseball because of the longevity of the season, but also the throwing. They're like, oh, throwing, just gonna, you, you won't be able to lift your arm. But we're seeing in other sports, um, including including baseball and soft, uh, baseball and like football and stuff, is kids are still getting injured across the board. Knees, right hips, you know, necks, backs, like in even in, like swimming. I've heard these cases. Like it's happening across the board in every sport. And what's happening really is just, there isn't rest. The body can't recover. And when you're playing, you can play hooping it up all you want. You can play baseball all you want. But in the end, like there's not a time for your body to rest from all that vigorous movements. Like it's gonna wear and tear. And now there's a great ESPN article. I don't exactly know the writer. I just read it. it came out like a month ago. Um, that was just talked about the the machine of basketball and how these 18 year old elite Division One athletes are coming into college and they are broken. Like we're talking like walking around like a 45 year old man broken. Mm-hmm. And they're still able to compete, but they're in they're injured they're already injured and they're trying to go to the NBA or whatever and they're already broken like it's it's hard for a career to last. Yeah. And they're trying to figure out determine like what's causing this thing and it's, it has to point down towards is how they're growing up and that they're just relentless. And shoot, kids that's okay. Kids want to play. I totally get that. Kids are when a kid wants it, like you can't like you can't pull them back. I'd rather you know, I'd rather have to like pull them back than push right. them. Right. Yeah. But in the end, you, they don't know what's best for themselves. Mm-hmm. So we always, it's really about the education of parents and mm-hmm. coaches and, and not putting the pressure on them to say that, like, hey, if you miss this thing, this week, this, week, this month, like, you got no shy. It's a lie. It's an absolute mm-hmm. lie. It's an absolute lie. So how would you say, like, if we were to, like, set out, like, a map, right? Visualize a map. We start broad, right, with the, all these sports. When is it time to hone in and become more narrow in on the scope of what you're trying to do? Um, let me use an example of this, but I think Michael Jordan's a good example of someone who tried to to two sports, right? He quit basketball for a while, went to baseball, didn't work, right? So we went back. So when when do we need to realize this is where our career is going yeah more more i work on this and read and uh, i mean probably 50 percent of what i do i i pair it off for really great advice and really great studies and really great books right mm-hmm. things i study and i'm always continuing to learn the other part is just straight experience and seeing these kids right and it really puts just truth like i'm not blind to say like is what is actually truth in front of me versus what i'm hearing um but there's no perfect formula that's the problem there's not a perfect hey at this age, you got to be doing this and this. Like, it, if it was that easy, then there would be academies to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Hey, this is how you do it. There's just, there's every person, every kid is so different in how they develop mentally, emotionally, physically. To have us say, hey, at 14 years old, you got to do this. And then you're going to pick up the level of intensity to this. And then at 18, you're going to do this. Like, mm-hmm. There's no perfect formula. And I don't think that's, that's part of life. You, as much as you think you can try to formulize life, um, like every day is different, right? There's so much grayer. There's so much chaos. We can't really control like, Hey, and in the end, then it wouldn't really be us experiencing life. It'd just be us just checking boxes. Right. Um, like a machine. Yeah. It'd be a machine. Yeah. We're just not machines. So yeah. I'm encourage, like, as I go through this with my own kids, I got eight year old, five year old and a f- almost four year old. 
mm-hmm. is like, how am I going to parent my kids that love sports or love whatever it is? And how, like, how am I going to do this? I don't know. I don't know exactly the perfect thing. My eight-year-old is obsessed over sports. Like, would play baseball every single day, play football every day. He would do everything, right? Mm-hmm. So I have to say, in my, what is my decision for him? Like, does he want to play on an EU select team? Yeah, probably will. Like, why wouldn't he want to wear a jersey, mm-hmm. right? But how much is he going to play? Is it, What's enough for him to feel like he's doing enough, having fun, but it's not going to go crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know if it's, in the end, going to set him up for success. And it, I, I don't – all I want – and base our pros is this is a big part of what, you know, behind what I'm trying to do or influence is it's not perfect, but one thing I, I just see consistently is there has to be rest, there has mm-hmm. to be a, a moment of rest, a time of rest. The w- rest of the world does an amazing job of this. America sucks at it. Yeah. Is that we're all about rising and grinding. I, I love Go Russell, yeah. but it's, it's just not true. Russell Wilson talks about rising and grinding. It, like, that's not how we function. Russell? Russell Wilson, yeah. Oh, oh so yeah. Like, he, like this idea of just we're going to wake up, we're going to grind, we're going to grind, we're never going to sleep. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, sleep's important. Second of all, like rest is important. Actually, you get your best work when you, you know, when you're doing nothing or you know you're coming up with the best ideas when you're not doing anything yeah and so just trying to find the balance and for me like i'm trying to create a culture in this area that, like that is balanced but like intense right mm-hmm. when it needs to be intense so to answer your question like if we say ballpark and everything i've done i think from 10 years old on it is just like a slow progression of intensity always giving the kid opportunity to get out Right, mm-hmm. quitting is not an, the idea. Of quitting is not an option. Quit, quitting is definitely an option. Sure. If you don't like it, don't do it. That's that's a stupid thought process. Say like, I'm going to grind this out. I don't like it, but I'm learned never to quit. Mm-hmm. Well, I know a lot of people that wish they would have quit their job 25 years ago. Right? Yeah, and they're miserable, but because they didn't quit and t- t- decide to do something of what they would have loved, and maybe done something you know with more financial um, security. Who knows, right? Yeah, the, never quitting is not true. Like there's like successful people that quit all the time until they find that thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're trying to teach kids is like, I would say you, you ramp up the intensity the older they get by 18 years old. Like they're definitely going to know what they want. Right. In, a, in athletics, I would not say about anything else. Right. What I was interested in, like just in general when I was 18 is yeah. nowhere close to what I'm interested in now. Right. I didn't read. Mm-hmm. Right. I didn't care about like, um, psychology or, or anything like that. So that's yeah. what I, I encourage is like just ramping up and really kids really turn into a, this is what I want to do. I want to like all in on this thing at that 16 to 18 year old range is, is more healthy. Yeah. Yeah. So going back to you and your development. So now that we talked about your opinion, mm-hmm. um, how you see things playing out, adapting to your environment rather than being a machine calculating, Oh, what, when am I going to spec- specify what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. Um, Tell them a little bit about your college career. Like, so you were you were a Husky, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, so tell us. Um, I, loved, I loved being a Husky. I loved college. College was an incredible experience. Um, I was very serious um, about my, my, my athletic career. School, like, I knew it was a means, but it wasn't like my – I was there to play baseball. Mm-hmm. And it, it's the hard part of student athlete is if we look at time spent mm-hmm. – <laughs> As much as they call themselves athletes, I mean students, it's definitely athletics, right? It, the hours spent, the eight, seven, eight hours of time spent every single day as an athlete and you're going to class for three, four hours, like it, it's really hard. It's really, it's a grind for these kids, but I loved it because I love baseball and I knew ba- uh, being, having a good, having good grades and getting my degree was going to be an important aspect to that. Um, but I just loved, I loved my experience. I had a really great freshman year, um, really put me on the map across the country, um, lost out of um, being the 
uh, freshman freshman All American of the year, like best freshman in the, in the country by one one guy that we ended up becoming good friends when we played. Um, he had a couple more home runs than I did, mm-hmm. um, and then just been was very successful on the field with good teams. We won a bunch of games, put Washington back in the playoffs, um, which they had, they kind of scuffed a little bit, but. Uh, I just really enjoyed my friend, the friends, the teammates in there, and I always wanted to be a Husky. Um, I could have gone to Washington State too, mm-hmm. um, but I always wanted to be a Husky and be in Seattle and the big environment and watching football games. And they were horrible, by the way, when I was there. Yeah. Oh, and twelve, one of my years, like that was that was, and we lost the Cougars for that twelfth loss. Oh my gosh, or eleven? I think they made it eleven then. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But uh, it was it was an incredible experience, and it really set me up for um, what professional baseball, major league baseball, would look like. That's crazy that you had such a big losing streak and still managed to rise up out of that into the <laughs> professional environment that you yeah. were in. Um, what were training weeks like? Yeah. So everybody's like, train, train, grind, do all this stuff, right? And I think one of the main challenges of that, so for me, right, as a powerlifter, bodybuilder, right, my sole focus is, you know, three movements. Um, it's just focusing on developing, like, like, uh, physical ability, right? But when you mix in like a sport, right? Now you got a sport and now you need to increase your physical abilities to improve your skills in the sport. And then technique, technique becomes really important too. Yeah. So what would you say your weeks were like um, as a form of focusing on skill work, focusing on strength, focusing on um, game environments, you know, the chaotic, right? Yeah. Um, at the college level, it was, I mean, it was every day, right? We had, you know, we'd have like a one day off a week. Um, obviously seasonal, um, fall was always, uh, you know, we had fall ball, we played a bunch of games, two days type of thing. I don't think they're allowed to do that anymore, but we'd have like two day, two days lunch in between and, and just play a bunch of baseball. And then in the winter time, we'd have like, we separate into like form ones, a little bit of training, but a lot of strength training, a lot of like getting physically strong team building stuff. Um, we did a lot of like, you know. Like team like sit ups and like split squats and all and bear crawls up up the um stair up the uh at University of Washington they have these uh, spiral stairs that go up to the uh, three hundred level we have to go bear walk backwards up that kind of stuff just very team building like it's hard but it's mm-hmm. like it's more about making the freshman earn it right um but on the on more on the pro side there's just balance more balance is mm-hmm. um you know in the winter time right everything's seasonal like winter time was hard working out lighty lighter on the skill work ramping up towards um towards spring training was which was always in february so like everything had a progression right um rest was really important in the beginning right mm-hmm. i didn't swing i didn't throw or any of that for a couple months yeah um, if i felt like my swing was really in i had a, a new thing to work on i would start my swings earlier but um strength training was just like it was just the most important part of like my staying in the game right because mm-hmm. i have small i'm small five ten, and when not working out like always drops like 175 and i played at like 190 yeah and if i didn't if i skipped those workouts and and you didn't eat well like you know i'd be strong i could do it but like i needed that mass mm-hmm. you have to have some mass to be able to do what you do and um so it was just the obsession over seeing, seeing, seeing regimented and that stuff. But um, mm. there was a lot of rest in that space. A lot of like, you know, we can't work out for what we do. Like you couldn't work out seven days a week. Mm-hmm. We, we worked out in the middle of the week, you know, kind of Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you know, or like, and, and or, or it would be like Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and have a Wednesday off. So kind mm-hmm. of three days off a week where, you know, we didn't actually do 
you know, we're home we're on the weekends. Cause mm-hmm. like, Shoot, I want my weekends. Right. All my friends are getting off work while I'm just putting around doing nothing anyways. Yeah. And, um, so there was a mix of rest that is important for recovery to get your body strong and mind clear and, um, but still, you know, lots of grinding. Mm-hmm. So you'd say annually you had two to three months off. Mm-hmm. Weekly you had two to three days off. Mm-hmm. And then in those four days, four to five days you were working out, you had like three days of strength training, um, three, four days of practice, and then um, technique all throughout. Yeah, all and that was all during the wintertime. When we got to the season, obviously spring training, it's every day. Every mm-hmm. day you play baseball, every single day. We had off, you know, we had more off days in the big leagues, but in minor leagues you just you never had off days. You just played every single day and that's just part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so your rest and you know workouts would obviously shift, right? You go into more maintenance mode, and we always touch like just touch it, as mm-hmm. in like just get to that weight you're looking for. Just a dose, yeah. Yeah, getting thirty minute workouts type stuff, just maintain mm-hmm. your body uh, enjoys that part of it, and you know just maintain that that strength you built up. Mm-hmm. So um, the process of recruitment for per, the professional league. Um, so college is coming to an end and now you're, now you're going out into the big world. Um, when did you know that, um, this was something you could do long-term or, um, my freshman year of college, I had such a good year. I I knew from that point I was going to get drafted. I Mm -hmm. had had dominated so much that I was like, if I can do, I I know I'm now on the list. Mm -hmm. Um, I was on the USA team, Olympic team. Um, and we won a silver medal in the Can-Ams, which is basically the in-between events. It's like this every two year, every the, the second year of the Olympics, basically. Um, and I did really well for that team. Had a lot of fun with a bunch of guys that are in the big leagues, uh, are just finishing or are still playing. Um, and it was like, I can compete against these guys. These are legit first round two type guys, and I'm I'm one of the best players on the team. Mm-hmm. Right in that summer, these guys ended up becoming way better success career-wise than I did, especially yeah. offensively. But um, and, and that kind of set me in. I was like, okay, this is this is legit. I'm ta- I've always taken it serious, but it was like, okay, like all this work I put in, it's actually it's going to happen. It just mm-hmm. matters how high how high of a ra- draft pick get, how good I do my junior year, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, and then and then in that crossover of the draft and everything like that, it was a dream come true. And then that there's a whole different new grind of taking care of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a professional versus call it collegiate is a whole different animal and. Um, a lot of guys get lost in the, the shuffle of that stuff because it's just some people can't handle it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are many directions we could go from here. Um, so I would like to transition from you from you starting the league to you exiting the league. Um, so now you've started your own company mm-hmm. called Base by Pros, which I think I mentioned earlier, but yeah. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> Based by pros, where you guys pretty much culminate um, athletes here, um, focus on skill development, um, get get them like an overarching sense of, um, say, virtue, morality, uh, ethics, you know, um, character, focus on their mindset during games and outside games. Um, what brought you in this direction? Yeah, I from a very a young age, I always wanted to be a teacher. Like, that was kind of my coach. You know, coach, teacher, Mm -hmm. kind of the same thing, right? Um, Both usually underpaid, (laughs) right? Teachers and coaches. Right. At least in the college and high school levels and stuff like that. Um, I 
always had a passion for teaching. I knew I could communicate well, and, and I would do lessons when I was playing professionally when I came home, and I, I was like, I really enjoyed it, and the kids loved me, and I was funny, but I also knew my, what I was talking about, at least what I thought I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always knew that was part of it, and I, I did want to be a college coach, and I just realized in, in you know some time with my wife and, and prayer and just analyzing what this could go is that was not really my life. I didn't really want to be tied to a college and a, a significant, like a group of kids. Um, I wanted to be able to help as many kids as possible. And the long story of it was just, I started doing instruction and grew a, a client base and met uh, my partner, Mitch Canham, um, who now is at Oregon State um, head coach for Oregon State Beavers baseball team. Mm. And we kind of collaborated on how we could really do a lot of great good in our community focusing not just on the skill, which is important. I want to get back to the skill and why I, it's like such an important, unimportant piece for us, um, is how important it was that the holistic approach to the kids, like mindset, character, their strength, nutrition, and then we talk about, okay, the ability to two skill, mm-hmm. right? Your four bases, yeah, exactly. by the we way. Call the, yeah, the four, we call it the four diamond principles, mm-hmm. right? So we started curriculum with that and then it just kind of went from there and we realized like this is really valuable and I'll be honest like the skill whatever we learn skill wise can be replaced right it can be replaced I had a skill of hitting hitting baseballs right and catching baseballs well when you retire that is literally not usable at all right Right. physically it's gone like no longer do I need to how I can communicate it teaching it that's one thing but yeah in the long run, that's it, t- it changes. Now my skill is in teaching or it's in leadership or it's in um, mm-hmm. communication, whatever it is. Um, so I changed that. It, that skill changes, but my character and my mindset, my drive and how I take care of my body and I rest, like those never change. It's mm-hmm. the same truths from the minute you're born to the minute you die. Like these are things that are important to develop. So um, we just saw the niche and we just ran with it and it's, it's grown very organically and very fun, um, lots of work, um, editing a bunch of stuff. But every year we find like this is really making a difference. And, and organizations and little leagues and just people in general are just really appreciating our attention to this part. And, mm-hmm. and we, just have to be, we, ha- we just happen to be really, really good at like the, the skill too because mm-hmm. we know our stuff. So um, how do you obtain buy-in from athletes? Mm-hmm. So you have all these... Um, students of baseball coming through here and you place such a huge focus on many many things how do you get them to focus on it on a level that actually increases their quality of blame Hmm. it's it comes down to and this is what i think we talked about at the beginning a little bit of like what you know what is the right age for these things and it really has to do is like when they find their fit and Mm -hmm. it's creating an environment where there's no stress where it's like hey if you want to try this and explore it all of a sudden kids like man i'm pretty good at this i'm interested in this thing i want to make this into something more is this there's no push by the parents so for us we ask them like all right hey how interested are, are you in this stuff right I'm, I love baseball. Do you? Is this what you want to do when you're older? Yeah, I love to. Like, do you other play other sports? Yeah, I do this and stuff. Like, in the end, like, just providing that and not pushing them to say, hey, you got to commit to it at 12 years old. Let's go, right? It's either this or not at all, right? And so my the goal of it is just, like, getting the kid to, like, realize, like, hey, I don't have to have it all figured out right now. But in the long run, when they start, like, enjoying this and getting and improving, um, they get more addicted to it. Right, and they're like, oh, I'm pretty, and then all of a sudden they're pretty good at it, and they're one of the better players on the team, and they just keep going. Or they might not be the best player on the team, but they're improving, 
And that alone, that dopamine kick, right? That it, that reward system that a brain does when we, we learn new things, we, we experience you know success from it, like it's they keep on coming back. And so we want to provide an environment that's it's really about like in the end, your success is on you as an athlete, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, and no one else has control over it, right? They, your parents put you in a good position, your coaches can like you, whatever it is, but in the end, it's what you do that's going to determine what kind of results you're going to get. And I think the kids understand. Kids are smart. Like, I don't think they're that dumb. I think when you give them the chance to make that's decisions, dumb. when you give them a chance to make decisions, right. like, they're going to make the right decisions. You just got to present, right, I mean, honestly, multiple choices. Yeah, multiple choices, and the and also like, hey, here's what would happen if you do this, right? They don't know. They might not be able to see down in the future because they haven't experienced it. But yeah, you kind of walk them through, like, hey, option A, this is how far you're gonna probably get. Option B, option C, and they're like, man, I feel like you know, hard work and doing well in school and eating right and all these different things will get me to that C of me being a college athlete, which is my hope okay, I'm, I'll do it. And they kind of discover on their own. And then once they discover on their own, like there's no pushing, right? They're just running. And that's, that's what we try to do. And we're mentors. Mentors, they listen to us more than their parents. I, my kids listen, well, not listen to me, right? So they right. have mentors in their life. And that's what we consider ourselves. We call our instructors like instructor mentors because in the end they are mentoring these kids. Once you've obtained buy-in or once you've achieved them getting you know, focused on this sport, what do you recommend to them to focus a majority of their time on? Like, what is your main, what is your main point to them? Like, if, if this is what they could improve, what would change the course of their baseball career? Um, gosh, I would say it's just such a, it's a, it's a bigger picture mindset. I think everything in balance is important. I think if they were just mi- mentally strong, that's great. And work on their mindset and be great self, have great self talk, a lot of stuff. But they never train. Like that's dumb, right? Yeah. You know, I don't care how good much you visualize in home run. If you don't have the mechanical back behind, it, you're not going to home run. Right. And you never work out, right? Or whatever. Or you just work out and you never work on something, mm-hmm. right? You're going to get, you know, not stiff, but you just their movements won't be correct. So, I just encourage when encourage like, hey, it's not perfect. There's no perfect formula again, but you know, we have to think about. Every, am I touching on everything, right? Mm-hmm. Am I am I giving myself the best? full version of myself to be, you know, healthy, mm-hmm. to be mentally um, capable and make good decisions, learn how to work hard, these things. Do I do the right thing? Do I have great character, right? Do I, am I selfless? Am I trying to be selfless? I know we're all selfish, but like try and do the right thing. Um, and then, and then just really present them and say, Hey, it's not perfect, but in the end, um, you have to choose to, to be well-rounded, right? Cause anyone that just focuses in one little foxhole their whole lives is not experiencing and seeing all the different things that could be they could accomplish. They learn and they experience other stuff too. And I think in the end, like this generation, I'd say for baseball specifically, they're very excited about skill. Mm-hmm. Train, 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 but they don't care about strength training. They don't care about nutrition. They don't care about mindset, right? And like, and they don't care care about exactly doing the right thing as a teammate. They just want to train. That's going to get them. I was like, listen, like if you cut these things off. Right, you're not going to achieve where you want to be, but if we have balance between these things, right, and the more you'll get more hours to do these things as you get older, and sky's you know sky's the limit. But you, you're going to be able to opportunity to reach what you you know you're hoping to set out for. Mm-hmm. Have you personally reached a point where um, you've hit big obstacle, mm-hmm. and you're all of a sudden spinning your wheels, and um, you find that you're not going anywhere, right? 
um, what is what is the process behind? Um, what do you usually do to overcome that and break through that? Man, it's it's actually I've learned that a lot in our own lessons we do with the kids. We do a lot of uh, classroom talk in inside of our lessons, and so we have to talk about the same thing all the stinking time, right? So uh, one of them is one of our favorites ones. There's a couple of my favorite. One is E plus R equals O. Uh, event plus response equals outcome. Mm-hmm. And so as I go through, like I, I have a lot of big things I have to do. I, I mean, I have employees. I have um, people that depend on me. I have a, a brand to maintain and, you know, clients. Like a lot of families that, you know, believe in us, trust in us, and pay money to do train with them. Is there's things that happen and, and sometimes out of my control or whatever it is. And I always look through, I was like, okay, the event, negative or positive, right? I have no control over the event, right? Mm-hmm. But I have absolute control of how I respond to that event, right? And if I, if my mindset and my response is positive or seeking opportunity mm-hmm. to learn from it or grow from it, or I honestly sometimes ask for forgiveness, mm-hmm. the outcome long-term will always be positive. I, mm-hmm. I truly believe it. it might not be in the immediate future positive. It might look like a failure, but I think when we look down the road, you're like, man, that because I did my response is really good here, mm-hmm. or I did the right thing, the outcome long-term, we can't even see it, mm-hmm. maybe a year from now, and I've had so many examples in my head when I think about this, when I did the right thing, and then long-term, it was a, there was payback for that. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing for negative, right? Um, mm-hmm. That's that's the thing I think about with all the situations I run across. And when I feel anxiety and stress, which we all do, I felt it in baseball, and I felt it as an MLB player. I feel it as a, as a father and as an owner and a, and a husband, too. Um, is I just I know I'm thinking about things that are outside of my control mm-hmm. or not something I can do right now. And when I come back to the present and say, what do I have control over right now? My nerves calm. Um, I, I get more excited to be here. Mm-hmm. And being present is where we need to be. And worry and doubt and, and fear and all these different things exist in future and exist in replaying past failures or past you know fears you've had right. in the past, right? And that's what we teach our kids a lot. Those are valuable tools to teach yeah. people. I mean, I find that in my own life, you know, recently or just overall with training and stuff like if there's something you can do about it no then why worry that was something somebody told me like mm-hmm. a few days ago and yeah. I felt like that helped me a lot um, and it's good that you embed that into your um, instruction and teach people that yeah so let's cap this off seems like we've been going for quite a while where do you see this facility going what what type of overarching impact do you want to have yeah um it's so hard. The the sky's the limit. You know, we want we want something that reaches across the country, mm-hmm. um, but we also want to make sure that it's it's really reaching the individual. So in the end, I, I, what do we have control over? Right, is that everybody, every person that comes through here, every instructor I have that I groom and I grow to become mm-hmm. a better version of themselves, is that they feel loved and taken care of, and then whatever happens, happens. Right. Mm-hmm. I think we, we. I love goal setting. I love you know my five year plan, all that stuff, and we've we've hit our goals since we started this out. But I feel like when we focus on that stuff, that's a good little like, hey, this is where we kind of want to be. But then just back to being present, doing what we do in this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so honestly, I, I don't know where it's going to end up. I have ideas. But I know um, if I if we do the right thing, we love on these kids, and we, we can keep on coming up with great curriculum and mm-hmm. and have passion behind it. As you, as you can see, I, I love this stuff. Yeah. I love talking about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be anything, right? And I don't know. Like world changes, technology changes. You don't know what the model is going to look like in three or four years when something new comes out, right? So 
I'm not setting my stone. I was like, we'll see. I think sometimes that sounds as a bad visionary, but Mm -hmm. I think it allows for open interpretation to like, we don't really know what's going to happen. We have a, we have a cause, we have a mission and that mission is sound and it's going to go a long ways. And whatever vehicle or whatever um, opportunity arises it goes forward, we're, we're game for it. What does that feel like? What do you mean? Just the overall trajectory of this going up and not, and being like, cause that's how I view my life, right? I view like, I think it's so naive to be like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it this way. This is how I'm going to get there. And, but like tomorrow it changes, you know, something external to you happens and all of a sudden whole course of your entire life changes. But so I think the cool thing is, is once you get to that spot where you know like you're going up a roller coaster right and you see that drop right you see that you're going somewhere mm-hmm. but you don't know where it is what does that feel like yeah i think it's it's exciting um and also i think in the end it's like it's it's not having everything figured out mm-hmm. and i think we come back to there's no there's no formula mm-hmm. i think there's you know we got business formulas in a way but like it's relationship it's it's the the world changes and i think what my excitement is is like i really believe that everything i do whatever interests me Mm-hmm. You know, I've, this is something I come to conclusion really recently. If I'm interested in something, I want to pursue it. Mm-hmm. I think when doors open, that makes sense. Or like, man, this is kind of interesting. I at least pursue it. Even if it's a failure, it doesn't work out. I might have learned something from it. Mm-hmm. Instead of like, no, that's not part of It's like we do want in things within our, um, our uh, mission statement and stuff like that. But, man, I'm open to seeing what's happening and what I can learn from stuff. So when like a you know a person comes in and I, I haven't talked to them, like if they're an owner or something or there's a fan like they might have something to offer that I can learn from. Mm-hmm. And I'm just I'm seeing that from successful business owners and leaders and coaches like this idea like I'm getting wiser in this process. Like everyone has a story and there's always there's so many opportunities for for learning. And if we have that mindset of openness, mm-hmm. but visualize it like this. This is what I, I talk about is. You as an individual being, um, you know, having soft ed- edges, but having a really solid core, mm-hmm. right? If we're just solid and solid, nothing comes in, nothing, everything just deflects, right? We're just kind of on our own way. But if mm-hmm. we have soft edges, it allows for relationship and allows for a little bit of molding. But man, we are core to our beliefs, true beliefs. Like mm-hmm. you, can't, you can't go wrong, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying absolute truth. Like everyone has their own truth. I think there is a real truth. Yeah. I think there is the right way to do stuff, but when you have the convictions towards this is my calling and you, but you're willing to absorb some of the stuff, like mm-hmm. yeah, you're going to be, you're going to be your best version. That's all we're looking for by the end of our lives. Hmm. Well, thanks for coming on yeah, again, yeah. Brent Lillybridge, former professional athlete. Let me reiterate that <laughs> owner of base by pros. Yes, sir. Thanks for coming on. Um, do you have any, um, thing you want to announce anything you want to, Shout out. Any uh, last minute thoughts? Yep. Just, uh, you can find us on basebypros.com. Um, have a lot of great blogs and different things we send out with t- what we're teaching with the kids. Um, and then obviously, um, yeah, spread the word about what we're doing. And if you're in the Linwood, Mill Creek, Seattle, basically Washington area, mm-hmm. look us up. All right. Thanks for stopping by. I'll catch you guys.